Hello there, kitties. <laughs> it's old Uncle Don here. And I'm ready to tell you some sock dollagers. Oh, yes, sir. We're going to go all the way tonight. I will award you a brass figlegy here with bronze oakley palm. If you can tell me who it was who many eons ago on that medium that we used to know as radio, when there was stuff on it, used to be famous for playing a Hogan twanger. A Hogan twanger. Bring it up. Sounded something like that. announcement here. You know, I've seriously been thinking about it ever since the news came in. You know, by George, I think I may run for mayor. Maybe you may think I may, may run for mayor. And you know what? You know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, about the whole thing, you know, what what uh, what uh, gap needs to be filled, where the voids are. Don't worry about that. Just get the first one on there. You know, what gaps need to be filled. And I've just, just been considering it here very seriously. And if you will please provide me with suitable background music, Professor, I think it's now time for a candidate to run on the... On the disappointment ticket. Yes. A man who will stand up before his fellow men with his knees slightly watery and knocking together with his eyes clouding up and misting with self-pity, a man who stands for all those who feel disappointed in their lot in life. Yes, I am going to run on the sensitivity ticket for mayor of this great metropolis, which as we know, and all of us are aware of, is slowly going to rock and ruin. Yes. And on every, on every inauguration day, I will just stand before my assembled peers and snivel quietly for all of us. And then when the time comes to do something, I will sit at my desk and pick my ears the way all of us poor self, self-pitying. Ah, bring it up there. Oh, what an exciting one. Oh, what a fantastic mayor I would make. Yeah, of course I couldn't make it because because there's a lot of a lot of very uh, hidebound people. My father used to have a, a word for them. He didn't really call them hidebound. There was another word for it. Had to do with a laxative or something. Anyway, uh, who just cannot take a man who wears a beard? They just cannot. They think it's not only subversive, but it's trying to prove something. And by George, if the truth were out, I am trying to prove something. <laughs> I'm trying to prove that a man in the mid-1960s, in the 20th century, can grow a beard and still be accepted among the slob generation, that idiotic crowd at large. But it's a losing battle, friends. Oh, yes. Now, hold it there. Hold it there. You set that back. Professor, we will need that. Since this is the age of self-pity, we're going to need that music an awful lot. I don't know why they don't run that in station breaks here at WOR. This is 
Can't you imagine this coming? Just let's try that for a station break. Let's see this. This is WOI Channel 9. WOI, your RKO General Station. Your indigent station. We're the only radio station on the dial that needs your help. (laughs) It's not the other way around. This is a family station, and we're here to put the B on you, like all good brothers in law. I'm the sheik of Arabi. Your love belongs to me. Has it occurred to you that there might... Gee, it's a scary thought when I think about it. It is scary to think that there might actually be Phyllis Diller fans. That is hard to believe. You know, it really is hard to believe, I'll tell you. Imagine waking up in the morning with her next to you. All right, come on, now hit that real hard there. Holy smokes. Come on, bring it up there. Come on. Don't be bashful. Come on. Well, then forget it. Very good. What's this? The overture to Tom Hoiser. Well, thank you very much. It's just what we needed. <laughs> just think of it. Somebody does. Wake up that way. Let's pause briefly at this moment to feel a brief moment of sorrow for all of those less fortunate than we are. It's pretty hard to think of anybody, isn't it? But um, let's try harder. Gee whiz, you know, I'm liable to fill a genuine security gap here. Uh, Already there have been three people calling up. Yeah, Shep, yeah, 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 run for president. Yeah, yeah, go, man, yeah, wow. Well, I'd be the first pop art president. No, not actually. I think we've had about 25 of them already. We just didn't know there was such a thing as pop art. You know, those guys, all those chin whiskers wagging up there. I say to you, my friends, that as I steer the ship of state into a safe harbor, as I steer this great nation of ours into the waters of tranquility... (coughs) Please, please, will you wait until after the program? As I... (laughs) Uh, Don't worry about that uh, thing. You can bring it on any time you want. Now, uh... I heard this, you know, and I thought, gee whiz, uh, the mayor isn't going to run. Everybody says uh, it's chickening out. You can tell the men from the boys uh, when things are getting tough. I, I'm sitting in the middle. I'm sitting in the middle of a gigantic traffic jam today in the cars. You know, you can walk on their roofs, really. You could get out on the top of the car and walk on car roofs all the way to Trenton and never even step on a hood, you know. It was uh, that kind of a traffic jam, and the smoke and the steam, and you could hear the muffled curses of 18 million cab drivers, and you hear the squeaks of trapped pedestrians under the wheels of a thousand buses. Oh, oh boy, this place gets going on a good 90-degree day there, you know. And I'm sitting, in the, I'm sitting in the cab, and this guy's sitting up there in front, you know, and he's got his arm over the side of the, you know, flipped over the back of it there, and he's got his hand on the wheel. And I said, you know, I, I like to make a little, a little talk here and there, a little conversation, a little chit-chat back and forth. You know, it is, boy, you think of it, they are Phyllis Diller fans, I think about it. Uh, sobering thought. You know, wouldn't you like to be able to really enjoy listening to Zaza Kabor? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of unmuddied mind, that kind of unruffled pool of plain, ordinary... <laughs> Whatever it is that's up there slopping around between your ears, back and forth. Some guys have got pure Preston between the ears, you know. 
and uh, <laughs> it's funny that it's true. And, and wouldn't you love to be able to honestly sit there and uh, and do all the things? If you notice that there are certain things that never are argued about on all these panel shows and all these guys you see sitting around at night interviewing each other endlessly, the same crew. You know, everyone agrees. Everyone agrees that there's nothing like Richard Rogers. I wish I could feel that way, you know. I really do. I, I, I wish that I would spring up in the morning and sing, Oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, what a beautiful day! Oh, Richard Rogers, you're fantastic! Oh, what a... As a matter of fact, I often find myself getting up singing the overture to Norma. I don't know how that happened. No, I cannot explain it to you how that ever happened. Or somewhere along the line in my growing up period that got inserted in my psyche. But then there are other things, too. I wish... I wish, for example, um, oh, there's a lot of things. I, 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 I wish I could find Woody Allen funny, for example. I really do, you know. But uh, I guess, I guess, I suppose, you know, that it takes a certain amount of. It's an acquired taste, see, like bad olives. Uh, it is. It, it, there is. This, or, or like, or like candied snails, or something like that, or snakes' hips. It's, it's an acquired taste. But then. <laughs> Yeah, let's get tuned up. All right, all set in there with something good? All right, let's go. Eins, zwei, drei. <laughs> oh, poor us. Oh, poor all of us. Yes, indeed. Where? I ask you, where will it all end? Holy smokes. Where are we all headed for? How far can we go? Where is it all aiming toward? What is it all about, I ask you? Get up there, please. Oh, you want to hear what the cab driver said, huh? Yeah, none of your business. I keep my private conversations to myself. <laughs> Hold it there. You know, this is a fantastic control I've got over the kazoo. I also have a fantastic control over the commercial department here. Hit the button quick. Is your car old enough to smoke? Surprising how many cars are. Is your car old enough to smoke? Surprising how many cars are. Is your car a big smoker? Get Prestone Oil Miser and curb its appetite. Prestone Oil Miser is just what the name says. A miser for saving oil in any car. On sale wherever auto supplies are sold. Added to your regular oil... Prestone Oil Miser stops oil burning, restores lost power. Insist on Prestone Oil Miser, a brand name you know, a brand name you can trust. Get a can of Prestone Oil Miser today and start saving oil. If your car's old enough to smoke, surprising how many cars are. If your car's old enough to smoke, get Prestone Oil Miser. That's wiser by far. Preston Oil Miser is a product of Union Carbide. You know, I bet there's many a kid out there, believe it or not. I, I just know, I bet there's many a kid who on a Sunday night surreptitiously is on the phone. He says, hey, Don, hey, Don, I don't know what I'm going to do, Don. I'm just at the end of my rope. Yeah, I'm at the end of my rope. My old man is sitting out the living room and he's laughing his full head off. Yeah. Believe it or not, he's actually laughing at Irwin Corey. Yeah. Holy smokes, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> either that, either that, or, or some kid is calling up another kid. He says, hey, Don, Don, oh, gee whiz, wow, am I glad to talk to you, Don. Holy smokes, wow, yeah, wow. 
Oh, listen, man, I know I can't go Wednesday afternoon. No, you're going to have to tell the gang. They're going to have to play with themselves. I can't. No, no. Oh, yeah. Well, my old lady's taking me to see oh, this. What is this? This, this loud. What's her name? Oh, this Barbara something. They're going to. Yeah, she's taking me to see something called. What is it? Funny girls. Oh, wow. What a stinkeroo. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I'll see you Thursday. Yeah, if I live through it. Oh, wow. Hangs it up. You know, and, and, and they told him, of course, that, that this is the big gift he's getting for graduation. He's going to see a live performance of Dolly. Oi, oi, oi. Oh, wow. Did I ever tell you about the time my Aunt Min took me to see the student prince? Holy smokeroonies. I'll tell you. Oh, oh, wow. I had this birthday. See, you know, everybody has birthdays. And I had this birthday. I'm a kid, you know. I'm not suspecting. I'm expecting stuff like a new fielder's mitt, you know, or I'm going to get a football. Or, you know, for my for birthday, for example, my father used to let me hit my brother twice without saying nothing, you know. And, uh, no, that's, as as we got older, the thing was reversed. As uh, You know, uh, when my kid brother had a birthday, he could hit me twice. And so, uh, you know, I, I wanted something that really swung. And they had this little, oh, have you ever been so unbelievably embarrassed as when, when all of, you know, an aunt comes over and a couple of cousins and, and uh, some old indigent uncle and four or five kids from the neighborhood are invited and they have the surprise party? And, you know, you come in sweating and hollering and you're out there knocking out flying balls. It's your birthday, you know, and they say, oh, surprise, surprise, happy birthday to you. What, do you, what kind of a look do you get on your face, you know? What kind? Did you see there was a movie on the other day about uh, Gary Merrill was in it? Yeah. When he showed up home and they're all on happy birthday to you. And they got funny hats. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, dear Gary Merrill. Happy. He says, get out, all of you. Get out. Every last one of you clear out. Who wants a birthday? Take that cake out. Oh, cake. Well, <laughs> I'm this kid say, oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> speaking of bad, <laughs> oh, speaking of sad part, this is W O R A M and F M New Yorky. Hit the little whoopee button, please, when you're done. Here's Frankie Lane. It's McLean's toothpaste cleans with a new kind. Of Frankie Lane. the time you try the swing a new toothpaste that gets teeth irresistibly white, McLean's has a taste that's so lively, so dazzling, you can actually feel it whiten. Your whole mouth feels refreshed and invigorated. Come on now, try new McLean's. You'll dig it. It's McLean's, the toothpaste that cleans with a new kind of taste that is so wild. Yeah! What a taste, what a singing. When you smile, all the bells are ringing. Get a white and now Sonny Tufts will play the harmonica for Union Carbide. No? Okay. It's not up, huh? What happened? Oh, we did it? We played that already? Gee, that must have been a great one. Uh, yeah, oh, you're right, Matt. I see the day when retired presidents will be doing commercials. Yeah, you're right. The LBJ barbecue sauce, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, wow. 
That's funny. <laughs> the the Barry Goldwater sunglasses. Well, I'm thinking of throwing my uh, I'm uh, or <laughs> Barry Goldwater disguise kit. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking. I'm really seriously myself thinking of throwing my shades in the ring, though. I mean, I figure I've got as much. I'm I'm just as inept as anybody who can run. And I've certainly got, I, I have every bit as nice a smile as John Lindsay. I can tell you that. And I'll tell you this, I can play the narrator in Our Town a heck of a lot better than John Lindsay. I have to know this for a fact. Friends, this is Our Town. I want you to look back there over the railroad tracks, and you see that's where old Emily lived. And over here, I can do that pretty good. A lot of things. And I can, I, and like, like John Lindsay, I can run on a, on a non-controversial, non-political ticket. Uh, I, I can, you know, I can, I, uh, a non-running for anything ticket, what you primarily are is against things. This is the best way to be. The, all, you're against only bad things, you know, like bad traffic and like uh, the town is going to rack and ruin. That's a good thing to be against. I'm very much against rack and ruin. That's a, an old hang-up of mine. Boy, boy I'm going to chase it around. And also, I'm in favor of running the rascals out. All rascals. And when I get in, I'm only, only, only going to pick qualified good guys to run the various departments. And they're going to be absolutely untouchable, impeachable, unimpeachable, excuse me. Uh, these, are, these are going to be <laughs> qualified good guys. They will not have a record of any kind. So you can't pin in nothing on them. That's, uh, I'm going to run the non-rack and ruin ticket there. Now, uh, of course... Uh, <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a funny world. But... Uh, I, I've, uh, as a kid, you know, getting, getting back to that birthday party, I, I remember that, that fantastic moment when uh, I come, come busting into the house, you know, and, and they're all standing around. My Uncle Fred, he's got his upper plate going. Have you ever seen a, a guy trying to sing the happy birthday song with a loose upper plate? And uh, he's singing, happy birthday to you, happy birthday. And there was a thing that I was called when I was a kid. All of us have a name. I suppose you were called Matty when you were a kid by... People, people that you, you know, made you itch. Uh, terrible things. Uh, well, I was, when I was a kid, I was called Genie by certain very sickening ants. Uh, I was not called Genie by anybody else. My old man never called me Genie. Just, hey! Uh, that was about as far as that went. And uh, my kid brother spent most of his time trying to bite my ankles. And so, actually, well, he did. Uh, until he got bigger and he bit my knees. But... Uh, this, uh, as far as actually calling you anything, nobody ever called you anything. You just lived there. That was part of your scene, you know. Once in a while, I'd come out of the closet, and uh, they'd know it was me. So there was no reason to call me anything. And I had two or three aunts who insisted on calling me Genie. To this very day, they call me Genie, and I refuse to talk. I, I won't even get on the phone with that crowd. And so uh, the Genie crowd had assembled one afternoon when I was uh, having one of my birthdays. You know, I had seven ten-year-old birthdays at one stretch there. And, uh, yeah, for over four years I was 13. It's a funny bit. It's funny how time, it's all relative. And, uh, <laughs> and I came in the house and I say, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jeannie. Happy birthday to you. Oh, gee, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Hi, Uncle Fred. Hi, Aunt Man. Oh, wow, wow. Wow. And they're going, mm -hmm with the little horns, you know, and all that jazz, and they got paper hats on their head. And I could see in the next room, my mother has fixed the dining room table up with these little things, you know, that you pull out on the ends, these little pink things you pull out on the end, they go, 
like that, and it's supposed to be a prize in there. I had an uncle that was in the hospital for four months because it was really went off. Oh, yeah, threw him in the fireplace. They took him 10, 15 minutes to get him out of it. He went, you know. <laughs> and, and, and we had this big party, and they had, they had cake and all that. They had the candles and the whole scene, and you blow the cake candles out. A true American, uh, a true American folk ritual. And they had the little the presents, you know, all lined up. They were all wrapped up in tissue paper like one of my cousins. It's somehow people either aren't... Uh, there's a difficulty with age, I think. Uh, somehow uh, one group of people will give you a rattle tied up. You know, you're nine. Or, you get, or, <laughs> or you'll get a copy of the latest Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, some big wowie thing like that. When actually you're spending most of your time down in the basement reading Spicy Western and Spicy Detective, and they give you you know, this... The balloon fairies and all that. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy and the balloon fairies. It's a great story. I, I, uh, it's, it's it's influenced my later work. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen when the when the literary editor of the New York Times finally comes over and he asks me about these stories I'm writing for the for Playboy, you know, and his book coming out, and he says, well, "What really influenced you?" I says, "Well, uh, it was Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy and the camel with the wrinkled knees." Uh, this book had a profound influence, Mom. You'll notice, uh, and it actually did. And so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm suffering through the birthday party, and, uh, and then my aunt Min is sitting there like she has swallowed a watermelon. You know, she got that funny look on her face. Once in a while, you know, it comes up. She's sitting there with a big grin. She was the aunt that I ever tell you she was aunt all of her life. She was the aunt all of her life had trouble with false teeth. Uh, yeah, she she got false teeth at the age of twelve. And uh, all of her life, she felt that the false teeth were jumping out. Uh, she always felt that, the, yeah, she had a terrible feeling that they were after her. And uh, she, I'm serious, I'm telling you the truth. She had a, she had a feeling that these false teeth were somehow uh, kind of uh, had a life of their own. And she was afraid of them. Uh, she would put them in a glass at night, and she'd lay there and toss and turn, and they'd leer at her, you know. And so uh, it, was a, it was a funny thing. She had to keep them in the next room all the time through her life. So that was that kind of an aunt, a nice aunt. She was truly a cat aunt. Uh, if she had discovered, she never heard of cats, as far as I know, during her lifetime. She lived on the north side. They don't allow them there. And uh, I don't think she ever heard of cats. But had she heard of cats, she'd have been a total cat nut. There was a kind of connection between my Aunt Min and Peggy Fitzgerald that was just unmistakable. That kind of, you know, that kind of nice lady feeling, you want to do everything. And so Aunt Min sat there, and she didn't have a present for me. Well, I didn't notice it then. Uh, I'm sitting there and eating the cake and trying to figure out how I can slip this gang, you know, how I can split without <laughs> without without making my mother really mad, you know, that kind of scene. My kid brother's already split. He's under the table now. And uh, <laughs> I'm sitting there. And finally, my aunt, man, my mother says, go ahead and tell him, man. This was my aunt's least favorite, my mother's least favorite sister. There's always one sister. If your if your mother has 17 sisters, there's always one sister that was that was considered mother's uh, mother's favorite, and all the other all the other aunts and mothers vaguely still at the age of 107 they still don't like her. Well, uh, my mother says, all right, Min, now tell him what your surprise is. And my aunt Min said, Jeannie, I have a surprise for you. I said, a surprise? Why? Because this is a magic word, by the way, to kids. The word surprise. And even to this day, I'll never forget the time Mr. Leader came in. And he says, Gene, I've got a surprise for you. And ten minutes later, I'm out. Uh, and so that's, that's a fact. You know, some of you might remember that fiasco. But uh, 
was the great firing. Uh, but uh, she says, I've got a surprise for you. And I said, a, a surprise? And all my cousins sat there and looked that funny look on the face like, oh, boy, wait till he hears this. This is going to be great. And my mother has that look on the face of, this is really a great surprise. And I look around. My aunt's sitting there. She says, yes, I have a surprise for you. I said, what is it? She said, Sunday afternoon, you and I are going to go to a show. I said, a show? Wow, King Kong, holy smokes. Oh, wow, King Kong strikes back, which is a show that I'd been yelling at my mother for about 19 months for me to be allowed to see. That and its associated feature was Dracula takes a bride and makes Whoopi, which was a fantastic double feature. And I was trying to, you know, this, this is, and I'm, I can never talk my mother into this. I said, oh, wow, wow, a show, holy smokes. Oh, my, you told her, oh, wow, my face, my, wow, wow. And Aunt, Aunt Min says, Gee, I'm so glad you're you're delighted. Uh, I'm I'm so pleased that you want to go. We're going to see. Oh wow, wow, wow! Holy smokes, Aunt! Wow, wow! Oh, I'm so glad. The student prince. The what? The what? What? I never heard of it. What? The the student. The school. What do you mean school? Student student prince. She says, yes, it's a very, very wonderful show that I one time saw when I was a little girl, and I have loved it ever since, and I am going to take you Sunday, just you and me, alone together. <laughs> well, gee, thanks. Well... <laughs> And Aunt Min was just, you could see her glowing, you know, just like like the sun had set right on the top of her head, you know, and her ears were steaming and the whole scene. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And all the cousins were sitting there looking real happy. You know, they were, all my cousins were about three years old, so, you know, they know the student prince of the show is a show, you know. And my mother's sitting there thinking, well, at last that little lout is going to get culture or something, you know. <laughs> because my mother thought that anybody, uh, somehow she had an idea that anybody who sang high was singing very serious music. And, uh, you know, people who sang soprano, uh, that was paralleled with good. And uh, my father had a thing that he thought that any time anybody played a violin, that was serious music. And they had strings. He said they got strings in there. Believe me, uh, that's very good music. So they used to put strings in the band at the burlesque house. It made a lot of the guys feel a little better about being there. All these old men playing the strings. Then one guy was playing the harp and somebody was playing the flute, you know. And up there, this chick is throwing her clothes down in the crowd and yelling. And uh, somehow it added a little tone to it, you know. <laughs> sure, we got, we got to observe our rituals. And so, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm really, this is, this is a, a real thing, you know. And, 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 and Sunday afternoon, we had this gigantic double header all set up at the park, you know. We were going to play the Knights of Pythias or something. They had a they had a little ball team, a bunch of scrubby little louts, and and uh, <laughs> I was playing for the American Legion crowd at the time, and we had this big thing set for Sunday, you know. And here I was all set to play third base, and I was not going to see King Kong strikes back. I was not going to see Dracula takes a bride and makes Whoopi. I was not going to see Toby Wing returns. I was going to see the Student Prince, and I had no idea what the devil the Student Prince was about. Well, <laughs> the whole crowd after was all over there. All went home, you know. And I'm sitting there with my harmonica. Do you know I must have received at least 2,700 harmonicas when I was a kid for my birthday? And even when I learned how to play the harmonica, I hated it. I still hate harmonicas. I just cannot stand harmonicas. I've got harmonicas up to my knees. 
And uh, I had my harmonicas all around me, you know, and the handkerchiefs that Uncle Fred gave me and all the jazz. And the, the it, I had my copy of the Balloon Fairies. It was the seventh copy I had. This was an autograph one. I had the, all my great birthday gifts. And my mother is beginning to soften me up. You know, there's a funny thing. You, you, have you ever had that, that, you know, that tone that mothers get, that tone that means this is good for you and you better like it? And, and, and she's protesting too much like, Gene, you are really going to enjoy that show. Oh, my, how lucky you are. Do you know how lucky you are? Do you know that you are very lucky to go see that? You know, Aunt Min had to stand in line for four days to get those tickets. Very lucky. Well, I, it was the same tone she would get in her, ma- in her, in her, in her mind, you know, in her, her whole being when I was about to take my cod liver oil. Now, uh, uh, by the way, I'm going to save that. Will you please mark that down? That, that the cod liver oil riot is going to be saved for my limelight show. Are you all set for it, Matt? The great cod liver oil riot, which, by the way, is still talked about in my family. Uh, just the way old codgers talk about the Battle of Antietam, you know, and they talk about the Battle of Verdun. My family talks about the Codlev Royal Riot and the time I broke the lamp. Uh, <laughs> it was all about, I won't tell you the rest of it, it was a fantastic thing. Well, she had that same sound in her voice that mothers get when they're about to shove Codlev Royal down your gullet, and you know it, you know. It's good for you. Mm, watch, now I'll take some. Mm, gee, isn't that good? You know, it's just so good. Mmm, mm, mm, I like fish. Mmm, gee, how good. That sound, and she's saying, you are just going to enjoy that so much. You are just going to enjoy it. Oh, wow, well, I don't want to go with Aunt Min. Oh, wow, oh, gee whiz, ma. Oh, wow. Because, you know, if there's anything that's worse, I cannot think of anything that's worse, actually, than being with a maiden aunt uh, you know, some people are a maiden all their lives. This this woman had 17 kids and was a maiden aunt. I'm serious. Uh, than being with a maiden aunt all by yourself, all afternoon, all dressed up. This is... Already I can hear my... You know that terrible, that numb feeling you get? And you do, has this ever happened to you, man? You get that numb feeling. You sort of sit there, and it goes on and on. These, these days go on for like 17 eons. It's like a glacier moving on. And I'm already, oh, Mom, come on, Mom. Gee whiz, oh, my stomach hurts, Mom, oh, wow. She says, now, 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 stop it. Now, you stop it. Now, now, your Aunt Min is taking you to this, this show, and it's a very good show, and you are going to enjoy it. Now, I, I know it's going to be very, it's, you're going to have a lot of fun once you get there. Once you get there. <laughs> Well, even now, have you noticed what a great whiner I am? Oh, boy. I'd make a fantastic mayor, now that I think about it, you know? Can you imagine me standing up there after a young... Oh, come on, will you? Oh, come on, New York Times. Gee whiz, give a guy a chance, will you? Wow. They could not flay me with those editorial whips. So I'm working on my mother, you know. And sure enough, Sunday rise, it is inevitable. It is Sunday morning. It is 10 o'clock. It is now after Sunday school, which was a drag in itself. I was shot out of a, out of a cannon towards Sunday school for about four years of my life. No, my mother got this thing about Sunday school for a while. You know, she, she decided she read in the magazine, Good Housekeeping or Red Book or something, that all kids should have a religious education. So every Sunday she says, where do you want to go? I said, what do you mean? She said, you've got to go to Sunday school. I said, well, I'll go where Flick goes. 
and he was going to something, some some wild thing like the East Indiana Holy Roller Society or something. They burnt candles and yelled and hollered and went down to the went out of the swamp with snakes and they had skulls and all that stuff, you know. And, uh, and she, yeah, well, we had one of those in our neighborhood. Sure. Did you ever read that story? In uh, did you ever read H. L. Mencken, the story of the snake people? That that fantastic report that he made back from Dayton, Tennessee. Uh, at the time of the Scopes trial. This is a classic in American reporting, sure. Uh, the H.L. Mencken uh, picture of the snakes, uh, the, the, the people with the... Uh, what, what do they call them, anyway? Then, anyway, it's a, it's a very wild religious crowd. They, they take, the, they take the, uh, the rattlesnakes out of the baskets and they, to, to prove that they really are really good people, that the snakes bite them and all that. We had one of those in the neighborhood. Yeah, they had a Sunday school, too. They started them out with garter snakes. Yeah, turtles and stuff like that. The kids, you know. They worked themselves up the copperheads, and finally they went the whole way with, you know, uh, cobras and stuff. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, you know, I, 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 I used to be shot out of a gun. Every, every, su- every Sunday morning, uh, it would start. It would start about 8 o'clock in the morning. They've got the Sunday paper, and we get the Herald, uh, the Herald Examiner, and it had the jokes and the funnies, and I wanted to look at the, the, at the jokes. Oh, my, I want to finish jigs. Oh, wow, wow. She says, now, you are going to Sunday school. Now, get in there and get dressed. You're five minutes already. You've only got five minutes to go. Oh, wow, Ma, for crying out loud. I'm reading little, I'm reading Smokey Stover, Ma. Now get out. Boom! The next thing I know, I'm out on the street and I've got my, I've got my white shirt on, you know, and my jazzy pants that scratched. And I've got my Sunday shoes on, and I am marching in the general direction of Sunday school, and I'm going to hear about the miracles and stuff, you know. And I can remember sitting there, we had this lady, Mrs. Gladstone. Did I ever tell you about Mrs. Gladstone? Mrs. Gladstone used to say, Now, Jean, would you, uh, what do they mean about the miracle of the loaves and the fishes? Miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Oh. And, and wow. And they give us these little cards with pictures on them and all that. And this went on for about seven years every morning, every Sunday morning. And then I would come home, a wonderful feeling of, of getting out. See, I'd go, pow! I'd run out into the sun. The sun is shining down there. And there was always a lot of girls, you know. I was yelling and hollering at all the chicks and running back and forth, and flicking Bruner and the whole crowd. Wow! We're out there. Wow! <laughs> but here I'm out, and I'm running home. And all of a sudden, they hit me. Oh! It's Sunday. I've just escaped from the lows and the fishes. Oh! And I've, i got to go to Aunt Min. This is Aunt Min Day. I forgot. And my feet are barely moving, you know, barely moving. And I hear way down at the end of the street, how long has it been since you have heard your mother standing on the porch calling for you? You know that calling because you're hiding under the porch? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and the call gets increasingly bugged. It starts out as a simple lady calling for her kid until it becomes a maniacal, endless shriek. Yay! You know, that kind of thing. It ends up with pow! You know, you get one right in the ear. I'm coming! I had to help Flicky! Found a mud puddle! Hadn't rained since last May. You know, now it's August or something. You know. Oh, I'll be right up! Mm. Crying a boom, you know, the screen door slams. Oh, oh crying out loud, you know, and I'm all dressed up. Oh, gee whiz, well, 
I go up the steps. Oh, well. Well, she was there. No, I'm not going around. Yeah. The next thing I'm in the house, you know, there's everybody. My mother says, all right, now, come on, let's go. Come on, hurry up. Your Aunt Min is waiting for you. Now, your father's got the car out of the garage already. Now, get, hurry up now. I'm always wasting time all the time. Now, you're, you're going to enjoy this. You are going to enjoy it. Well, I'm sitting next to my father, and he is driving me. And we are going to Aunt Min. Well, the old man has never been to a show that was not put on at the Star and Garter in his life. And, you know, he doesn't know from the student prints. All he knows is that my Aunt Min is taking me to a show, you know. <laughs> I remember he kept telling me, do not sit through two features all the way there. Don't sit through two features. You know, he didn't know it was a live show. Guy stand up and sing and all that stuff. Either did I, by the way, at the time. <laughs> Well, we arrive at Aunt Min's house, and she comes out in her flowered paisley print dress. And she's got a big hat on with flowers sticking all over, and she's got a big white beaded bag, and she's all dressed up, and you can hear her girdle creaking and all that, you know, and smell perfume and powder. And her hair is all in little circles, you know, those little circles that ants put uh, in their hair, you know, when they go to the beauty parlor, and they have this terrible thing that they do to them, you know, and it all looks like a giant kind of springy Brillo pad all over her head, and she's all fixed up, see? And she says, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Jeannie, you're just going to love this. I remember how I loved it when I was a little girl. Well, all the way, all the way into Chicago, she's telling us about this, this wonderful show we're going to see and about how romantic it is. It's so romantic. Well, we arrive at this place, and it is not a movie house. You know, I don't know. What, what is the scene there? We go into this auditorium like, and there's a lot of people sitting down with coats and everything else, and there's a curtain. It's like an auditorium session. It's an insane scene. And down sitting in front, a whole bunch of old guys with violins, a couple of guys, and one guy's with a, uh, with, a, with a harp or something. There's a lady there with a piano and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, the lights go down. I'm sitting there next to my aunt. You know, aunt, I mean, she's got my hand. She's holding my hand. She's bought me a, a big bag of those, those uh, kisses, you know, those molasses kisses. And I'm there... <laughs> You know, I'm eating them. I got my mouth is all stuck together with the with the peanut butter and all that. Going. And all of a sudden, the lights go down, and they start playing. Holy smokes, what is this music? And I, my idea of, of great music at the time, you know, my idea of great music was to hear was to hear Roy Cuff on, on WLS, you know. And he was always singing about the Red River Valley and that kind of stuff. And the curtain goes up, and there's a lot of orange people up there. And, 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 yeah, and, and, and one old, really, it was a funny thing. There was a, an old lady came out there, and she has a big dress, you know, that goes way down with a big hat on. She's, oh, I love you in blossom time. Oh, howie, holy smokes. It was, uh, I can't express it. It was, it was infinitely worse than anything I could ever have conceived of. Uh, if there was anything I hated, it was sitting there with my mother in the PTA and listening to Miss Shields sing. And here was a big fat Miss Shields up there singing. And there was another fat guy up there with big teeth. And they were singing. And all these ladies were going back and forth with big hats. And it went out. And my aunt is just crying. She is just crying all over the place. And Aunt Miss, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely, Jeannie? Listen, now watch. The student, the young student prince is going to fall in love with her. Now watch this. All the people with the wiggly voices, you know, the quavery voices. Well, I'll tell you this. I just want to tell you this. It was that night and that night that turned many a trick 
that turned many a little slow wheel into movement, that turned many a long grinding glacier into action. And even yet today, there is an avalanche in my soul that has not yet stopped. Hit the button, Charles. All together. It's Miller High Life, friends. I don't know where my copy is, but it doesn't make a whooper of a difference. It's Miller High Life. Oh, don't get excited. Oh, I've got you all going, haven't I? <laughs> Miller High Life, the champagne of bottle beer. You wrap yourself around a couple of big, fat old Millers, and you know that you will have discovered a true friend. Oh, wow. It'll bring the roses to the cheeks more than an aria in the blossom time, for example. It goes all the way, friends. Miller High Life, the champagne of bottled beer. Yes, sir. Brewed only in Hessville, Indiana. What better time to tell you that uh, W.O.R. is down on, down on its knees right now at this point telling you, please don't use water. How many do you have their beer commercial? <laughs> you imagine this guy, he's laying out there in the kitchen floor. There's 28 beer cans all around him. <laughs> and his wife, it's a George Price cartoon. She says, dear, I don't think Mr. Wagner wanted you to take it that seriously. <laughs> Either that or he's got this six-pack, you know, and it's now it's beginning to squish out of his ears. And he's like, hey, baby, you know, I, you know, I really don't miss water. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had to... Oh, what? What's the matter? Am I off already? Oh, gee, was there blowing the bugles. Holy smokes. Well, oh, yes, we have happiness with us here tonight. And for those of you who are looking for a true euphoria, as well as a great big plate of fantastic Chinese food, which, as you all know, does not stick to your ribs, but, oh boy, does it tingle your, tingle your old ganglia, I would like to suggest the happiness between 93rd and 94th, right in the heart of swinging Broadway. It's open seven days a week. They serve family style. And let me tell you, when you are served Chinese family style, have you ever seen that commercial that they do with the Chinese party? <laughs> With a lantern dance? Well, you too. So it's uh, the happiness between 93rd and 94th. It goes all the way, and it is a superb Chinese restaurant. That's my Chinese family accent, for those of you out there who understand some of the lesser Mandarin dialects. Don't tell them what I said, you know, these stuffy people. Uh, that's uh, happiness between 93rd and 94th on Broadway, a Chinese restaurant that goes all the way. It's out of sight. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Keep your knees loose and maybe you can feel the few. And for those of you who want to write me in on the ballot, well, uh, like David Suskind, I, uh, I'm ready. <laughs>